All right, and there we are. We're live. It is Wayne G with Sully. What's going on? Yo, what's poppin'? I got a lot to get to today. So just like last week on Wednesday, no dilly dally. We're just going straight into our intro video because we got a lot of stuff to go over. So let's kick it off here. Jordan. What's going on, everybody? Hope you enjoyed the intro video. It is Monday. In case you can tell by our energy, we are uh, definitely having a case of the Mondays. <laughs> so um, thanks for jo joining me, Sully. It was uh, kind of a late. People don't know, realize because they just tuned in. You're already on there. But it was a little bit of a late uh, jump on. Yeah, you know. Had shit to do. It's a Monday. You know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> My bad. Didn't mean to get your 60-year-old uh, heart in a bustle. I know. I was having a stroke. Um <laughs> So thanks for joining us. Obviously, you're watching us on YouTube Live, Facebook Live, on our Infinity Sports page, on the RTF Sports page, or the All ACCS page. Um, obviously, you can find the show gets rebroadcast in audio format. Let me scroll up here. I would say that. And then if you're listening, you don't know that I'm scrolling up. Actually, Sully doesn't know I'm scrolling up. So doesn't I don't even know you're scrolling up. Uh, Infinity Sports Podcast. Now, this is actually our social media, but still at Infinity Sports Podcast on Facebook, at Infinity Sports Podcast on Instagram, at Sports Infinity Five on Twitter. Infinity Sports Podcast.com has it all there. YouTube channel, all the social media, interact with us, email, everything. So you can get in touch with us any single way. And then, like I said, you know, on the All ACCS Network, thanks to our new logo. You can also find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and of course, YouTube will replay the video. I do recommend that for days like today where we have lots of visual stuff um, popping in and out and obviously getting to see people's comments. We try to read the comments like, hey, so and so said this, but sometimes we don't. So that's our bad. If you watch the video, though, you know, hey. You got all that on tap. You don't need all the visual cues. We do have a lot to get to today. Like I said, a ton of stuff to get to. We've got some NFL. We're going to recap all of week four. We've got um, the NBA finals we're going to talk about, uh, Major League Baseball playoffs. And uh, first things first, though, let's kick things off with everybody's favorite segment, the news. Vegas taking bets on whether I will remember to turn the volume up before we get to Kenny. <laughs> um, so the first thing on the news, I, now the, the thing everyone's talking about right now, we'll get to last because it's just, it's the newest thing. And I had to add it last second. So I kind of have things in order here. First things first, it's the oldest news, but Bob Gibson, 1935 to 2020, 84 years old, uh, the man, the myth, the legend, he passes away. I know 84 years old, had a great life, right? I mean, superstar pitcher, I feel like 84 is pretty good. I mean, if I lived to 84, I think that's pretty good. I agree. 84 is a long time. Um, you know, he was an incredible pitcher and, and from, you know, and hopefully led a great life. I obviously know nothing about his personal side or in his, in his life after baseball, but, you know, he was 
you know, I heard a crazy stat today in, I don't remember what year it was, but he pitched 20, um, he pitched, he completed 28 games. Um, he started 32. In the other four games, he wasn't even replaced by a pitcher. He was pinch hit for. So he was never actually pulled from a game. That's That's, well, wild. I, was, I was looking at his career stats. I'd written them all down here. I had you know 251 career wins, 255 complete games. You know, so basically he was pitching the whole game if he was pitching. Exactly. Like uh, you know, 2.91 ERA career, pretty solid. 3,117 strikeouts for that 3,000 strikeout club. Um, obviously everyone I think remembers him for that 68 season, right? 22 and nine, one, one, two ERA, eight fifty three whip, uh, 268 Ks. Now I didn't realize, so I thought eight fifty three whip. I mean, that's, that's really good, you know? Um, but it's actually 20th all time for a season. Who do you think he has? Number one, Mariana. Uh, it is actually Pedro Ooh. in uh, 2000. His whip was seven thirty seven. Jesus. I mean, that season is is the best. It's the lowest ERA of a season of all time, though. For starting pitcher, though, right? Yeah, the one one two. Yeah, I mean that's an, it's an incredible season. It's it's definitely I think you know I mean when you think of greatest seasons of all time, it's it's that it's up there. And at least he got twenty two wins too, because when I think of that season uh, that Clemens was with the Astros and his ERA was like one five six or something like that, mm-hmm. but he was ten and eleven or something. So. Mm-hmm. Total waste. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it, it obviously it, it, you need your offense. You know, to to help you, but in that you know, in that case, you're Jacob Degrom. You know, I, mean? I was just gonna say Jacob Degrom every year, <laughs> every single year of his career. I, he he now holds the record for what is it's most games going eight innings, allowing fewer than two, and not getting a and not getting a win. And it's that's like fun, it's like ten games or something like that. That's a fun stat to have. I'm a final I know, pitcher. I, <laughs> he he got it by losing the the two one game to the Rays where he struck out like thirteen and, and went eight innings and then lost still somehow and uh, and then that stat popped up as I was watching the game and I was like holy shit that poor guy <laughs> I always feel bad because because I think he's just a lights out pitcher and just uh, just wrong spot wrong I mean. He's he's creeping. That, uh, he just moves up that list every day in, of top right-handers, and and now I honestly think he's probably in the top fifteen. That's that's pushing it. You know, I'd have to write my list down, but thinking about it, it's hard to pick fifteen right-handers better. Well, I know preseason he was like my fourth player. I think when I took top five players, yeah. we did, and I had him four. Um, so the other big news again is COVID nineteen. We basically have uh, two games that postponed. Scary. Yeah, yeah, we've got a. Uh, Basically, two games here, the Tennessee Titans and the Pittsburgh Steelers both get postponed to their bye weeks or whatnot. Um, and then we ha- – no? It's just a couple no. weeks out, though, right? No. No, the Chiefs-Titans are, or Chiefs-Patriots are playing. No, not Chiefs-Patriots. The, the Titans-Steelers. Oh, yeah. Titans-Steelers. I I, you said both, and, and, and so okay. I thought you meant like both games were moving. Yeah, the Chiefs-Titans is being – or Chiefs-Patriots is being played on Tuesday. That's an all-go now. Wait, uh, is it Tuesday? It's not tonight? Oh, no, it is tonight, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is tonight. Yeah, and that's an all go. So, yeah, and that that boggled my mind. So the Titans and the Steelers they get pushed out weeks, but the Patriots push out one day. Well, because they only had one player test at this point, and then everyone has since tested negative. So, so they can essentially, like we talked about earlier, you know, fuck. I mean, it sucks that it's your quarterback, your starting quarterback of all players, but you know, you got to treat it like an injury at this point, and you know, he's out you know, until he gets two negative tests or whatever, whatever their quarantine is, 
you know, meanwhile, the Titans, I think they're up to 16 total people in that building have been tested positive. So, yeah, they're all going to the same strip club to get chicken wings. <laughs> well, I think it's now it's it's like eight players and eight personnel total. So, but regardless, I mean, they, they've got a lot of cases. Meanwhile, the Chiefs also have retested everyone and only still have everyone else was negative. So it's only been one and one, but one was a practice squad player for the Chiefs and one was a starting quarterback for the Patriots. Well, see, and it worried me because obviously the first game got postponed, and then when it came out that Cam Newton had tested positive, I thought, "Here goes the whole season." Like the whole season oh, is sure. done. I, I immediate, I went into a pure panic. My heart almost exploded. I thought, "Oh my god!" Now here come three, four. Because if you have to postpone five or six team and games, because then five games is now ten teams, which then that's, I mean, that's unfeasible to do. Really, you can't really do that. So. I feel like then they would have had to question canceling the season. And I mean, God, that was so scary. Yeah. But fortunately it worked out. We'll see the Patriots tonight. I was hoping for Jarrett Stidham. Yeah. But we got Brian Hoyer. I mean, uh, actually one of our fellow guys, I think it was soup boss made an interesting fact. Brian Hoyer's had three stints with the Patriots played numerous games, never started. This will be his first start. Yeah. That is interesting. Yeah, for the Patriots. Oh, for the Patriots, yeah. it's first start. Hopefully, he like rolls an ankle first play, and then we can just get Stidham in there. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm a big fan of Stidham too, but I, I did say I think he needs another year to mature and develop, and and I still will stand by that. Um, but I do agree. I mean, the fact that he can't beat out Brian Hoyer for a start in injury week is is a little disappointing. I think. Well, and that's my thing. Yeah, I think he needs the other year, but I also feel like if your starter's down, what a perfect opportunity to get some reps, you know, in, in the game. I mean, he maybe do we know? Did he just not beat out Brian Hoyer? Was or was it just a matter of we're going with Brian because we're going with Brian? Like I don't know. Like I, I think he I didn't beat him out. He didn't play enough. Yeah, I'd heard a, a rumor. Don't know how true it is. I say heard it from nobody who has any sort of no knowledge, but um, I heard it from somebody. They said that you know Brian Hoyer didn't really take the whole off season seriously. So mm-hmm. like while Cam was getting with guys and working out, and I think Hoyer was at some of those workouts and stuff like that. Like Stidham was out trying to find a new house, and you know, he just didn't really. He wasn't putting in the work, and I guess Belichick was kind of like, all right, well, I guess you're not serious about winning the starting job then. Well, that's unfortunate because I actually agree with kind of Belichick's assessment there. I mean, I'd like my quarterback to be in there in the offseason and things like that. So, I mean, you know, it is what it is. Young guys got to learn, man. It's, it's, it's as important to be there, you know, off the field as it is there on the field. Some NBA news. Uh, we have Doc Rivers is out. Or no, he's in as the seven. He was out. Now he's back in. He's out as the Clippers. In yeah. as the keeps the, as, can keep the same color scheme. He's good. Yeah, seventy sixers head coach. Now here's the thing that I thought was interesting. So I was writing down some stats because I'm not a huge Doc Rivers fan. I know you said you're not a huge Doc Rivers fan either. But here's a team, the seventy sixers, who have uh, a winning percentage this year of five eighty nine. Who won fifty games the last two years, fifty one and fifty two, the last two years. Doc Rivers averages 50 wins per season with a 580 winning percentage. So basically, they got a coach in who does what they already do. So they didn't improve. Yeah, and I don't think they really did improve in any way either from from their previous coach to this one. I I, I don't really love Doc. I don't think he offers. You know what I mean? His resume is is so shot, like rocky, and I don't know. I just hate it. He's not a guy that I think is going to put you over the top, and that's what the Sixers need. And Doc is not that. Now, what do you think happens with uh, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid? I mean, are they going in a different direction? And 
I think they need to move one of them. I've, I've stated that, that I'd move one. I, I'd probably move from Joel just because Joel, just because I think he can get you the bigger return at this point. Um, but I don't know who, what you would get and who would you move him to or anything like that. So I'd seen one thing proposed. I said, how about Ben Simmons to the Timberwolves for the number one overall pick? I'd need more. More than the one pick? Oh, yeah. See, I think if I was the Timberwolves, I would need more than just Ben Simmons. Like, I would need a pick uh, swap. See, I don't think so. I think Ben Simmons is is very – I mean, he's still – he's 22, you know what I mean, 23 years old. He's still, I think, you know, an elite defender and an elite distributor and an elite inside scorer. He just can't shoot the ball, um, which I understand is important in the NBA. But, shit, Rajon Rondo found a role, you know what I mean? So – He's been shooting during the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, but he wasn't during his whole career. You know what I mean? And, and I mean, 10 years ago, you know, Rajon Rondo had a role and was great at it. And, you know, I understand, you know, Ben Simmons would have to be more than that to, to warrant the number one overall pick. But I think he has been. You know, the guy's a walking triple-double and he can lock down, you know, two or three positions. So I, I think he holds his value. I honestly, personally, I'd want more because I don't think the replacement, I don't think whoever you're getting at one, is going to give you more than that. Like, so I'd move Joel Embiid for one, and I don't know what Minnesota has really on their roster, to be honest with you. So well, n- nothing you'd want to give up if you're trying to build a winner. Yeah. So and and so I don't think that would work, but you know maybe Golden State does it for Joel. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. Um, obviously, a, a potential trade partner if we're looking at Ben Simmons. We have. Um, Buddy Heald is not returning calls to Luke Walton or text. And recently, I guess they point out he liked uh, the Doc Rivers to the 76ers tweet. So one of the things thrown out there was like, how about a Buddy Heald for Ben Simmons type of trade? And when I was looking up their stats, looking at it, so uh, Buddy Heald is actually, uh, he averages more points per game. He averages almost 20 points per game versus Simmons 16. Uh, the thing that Simmons has going for you, like you said, walking triple double, he averages eight points, eight assists, or I mean, eight rebounds, eight assists a game. Uh, but Buddy Heald obviously is a 42% three-point shooter versus a guy who can't shoot. So if you want a point guard, would you rather have Buddy Heald or Ben Simmons? Well, Buddy Heald is a pure shooting guard. So, uh, I mean, I don't I don't know if I would just kind of view him as that. But, I mean, I think I'd rather have a guy like Buddy Heald on my team than Ben Simmons, if I'm being honest, especially in this day and age. But then I'd, I don't think Buddy Heald is your number one true pure scorer. So, you know, I, I again, I'd want – more than just Buddy Heald back for Ben Simmons. Interesting. I'm a huge Buddy Heald fan, and it was kind of like I talked about that that Oklahoma thing where you had Baker Mayfield to Jalen Hurts, or no, Baker Mayfield to Kyler Murray to Jalen Hurts, and then with uh, Oklahoma basketball, you had Buddy Heald went right into Trey Young. So. Yeah, that, and which was pretty incredible to watch. But yeah. Um, speaking of coaching searches, we have the Clippers, the Rockets, and the Pelicans all need a coach. Obviously, the names thrown out there, Mark Jackson, his name keeps coming up. Teron Liu, his name keeps coming up. Uh, I read a thing saying Dan Tony to the Pelicans, maybe, um, which I guess. Um, Van Gundy is another one, Jeff Van Gundy. Uh, I don't know. I guess, I guess there's no real sexy names out there, but I'm thinking if you are the L.A. Clippers, you cannot swing and miss. Like You have to hit on your coaching hire. Agreed. I mean, you can't afford to ruin having two potential or two essentially top 15 NBA players on your roster and then depth beyond that. I mean, you have great depth. So Sully froze up for a second here. He'll be right back. 
uh, talking about obviously the uh, the coaching searches and the Clippers and uh, you know what these teams will do: the Clippers, the Rockets, and the Pelicans. I think the Clippers need to make a splash. Um, my question for you is: so obviously I talked about your know, Mark Jackson. I know it was a name that always comes up because he what he did in Golden State, but I'm not a huge Mark Jackson fan personally. Teron Liu, I think, is way overrated, but he always gets interviews for these positions. I mean, if I'm putting you in charge of the uh, Clippers, you're Steve Ballmer, right? I mean, who do you want as a head coach? Who are you going out and getting? I, like I said, I think it was last week I said, I think D'Antoni's a, a decent little hire there. They already have a defensive mindset. Every player on their team is, I think, like a defensive-minded player. Montrez Harrell, not every player. Montrez Harrell is a very good defensive player. Paul George can lock you down defensively. Kawhi Leonard is a very good defensive player. Patrick Beverly is obviously a good defensive player. Um, All these guys play great defense. And, I I mean, you, you put an offensive guy with them, and I think it just take, takes that team over the top. Uh, All Access Sports. Hey, what's up? So our new web page, by the way, our new uh, page on Facebook is uh, All Access uh, Sports. The all about- ACCS Network, right? Yeah, All ACCS Network yeah, is, is right there. <laughs> and uh, definitely tune them in. And then, of course, the big news, most recent news I have here, Bill O'Brien is out as the Texans head coach. Uh, Romeo Cornell is going to take over as the interim head coach. I, I mean, we talked about this last week. We talked about it the week before, firing a coach after week four mid season, I just think it causes too many issues. I understand they're zero and four and it's like, what do we do? Do we just go the whole season like this? But is Romeo Cornell really going to turn that franchise around? I think this team is destined for uh, you know, a four and 12 season. Well, I mean, I just think that he had to go at this point. He was, he was in charge at so many levels. He was the offensive coordinator, the head coach, the GM, and they were all failing at all three levels. Excuse me. And, you know, Field Yates obviously posted the tweet today where they're the highest payroll team. They don't have a first or second round pick next year and they're own four. It's like, man, that's that's just as bad as it gets if you're an NFL franchise. Yeah, I mean, they got nothing back for DeAndre Hopkins. They traded away their first round pick to the and their second round pick to the Dolphins for was it Laramie Tunsil? Yeah, uh, and so <clears throat> it's actually he, playing very well. That's probably one of the lone bright spots. Of- <laughs> but it's still, you're going to go. You know, like I said, four and twelve this year. You're probably going to get the sixth pick or fifth pick, and you're not going to get it. It's going to go to Miami. You know, who could end up with two top five picks? They're definitely going to get two top ten. It looks like, which even in itself would be insane, especially in this draft where there's. I think like three or four or five like elite, elite, elite players. So, well, and there's like three or four potentially elite quarterbacks <clears throat> in this draft. It seems like a very quarterback heavy draft. It is, but they just took Tua. You know what I mean with the third overall. Yeah, pick. but there's like Penny Sewell is. I'm telling you, he's the best offensive lineman I've ever graded. Now, granted, I wasn't grading Orlando Pace. Um, Bryant McKinney was literally like two years before I started grading guys, but nonetheless, Penny Sewell's. A, a, essentially a perfect tackle prospect. Um, and I'd take him gladly at two to one. If I, if I had it, if I didn't have a needed quarterback. All right. So you hit, see, I was thinking if I'm Miami, cause Miami did a ton of wheeling and dealing to get all these first round picks the last couple of years. And I'm thinking if they do end up with one, I would not take Sewell only because 
again, Trevor Lawrence is there. A lot of teams are going to want him, and you can trade that first pick down to, let's say, five, six, seven, and get back to more first-round picks, like what they've been doing, getting more load up on first-round picks. I mean, to be fair, if they're at one, like, to be fair, I'm taking Trevor Lawrence, and I'm, I'll am i find a place for Tua because Tua doesn't even compare to Trevor Lawrence. Um, no. no, so I'll figure that out. Um, but more so – Penny's the guy that, like, would – would genuinely affect your team, I think, and and I think would make it great. So while I agree, like, I don't know how far I'd move down, um, I, but I do agree getting capital is always a good thing. Um, moving out of the, uh, you know, football, we now have the Lakers lose. <coughs> and we, we knew they were going to lose one. We thought it would be the first one. But basically they lose 115-104. This game, they just got outplayed the entire game. There was no stretch of that game where I thought the Lakers were the better team. They just completely outplayed. True statement. And Jimmy Butler, you know, tip my hat to him. The guy played it out of his mind. He went 14 to 20 from the field, I believe. Like, I, I mean, he's he just played like a monster. He played like a man possessed and, you know, good for them. They won a game. Um, you know, I don't I don't really expect much to change. You know, I really I, I, th- I don't understand why people when they win, I don't get why they can't win humbly against LeBron. I get they got to showboat and do things like that and, and snarl and all that makes LeBron do is get really mad. So good luck. Yeah, the the snarl was dumb from one of the dumber <laughs> players in the league, in my opinion. Who I, I can't stand this person, and this just made it even more. Just like LeBron keeps doing things to pile on, hating him. Like I hated Tyler Hero going into this game and just the stupid snarl because he got a layup and an end one. Like yeah, I'm tough, but to be fair. You know, LeBron James does that a lot where he makes the angry face after he gets a dunk or something. LeBron's like. earned it. He's won six or played for four NBA championships. Tyler Harrow's 20 and done nothing. But I'm just saying, like, you talk about teams that want to showboat against them because he showboats against other teams. You don't, you don't earn the right to solo showboat. It's like, you know, you get what you get. It's a two-way street. I think LeBron has earned his right to do pretty much anything he wants. The day the day Tyler Hero leads the league in scoring, wins an MVP, and gets a gets a title and shit like that. Then snarl, do these things, but like, bro. I mean, even if it's like an end, if it's a game winner, snarl and do those things. But I, I don't know. I, I hate that shit. Like when it from an unproven guy. Well, see, I hate it from even proven guys. I, I just don't I, like it in general. I, um, I did get into okay, an argument. Yeah, I did get into an argument today with somebody about Tyler Hero. Imagine that. And um, basically, what I thought was funny is I said, you know, oh, here's yeah, a guy. I've seen this. Average thirteen <laughs> points per game. You know, and somebody was like, "How many points a game did you average in the finals this year?" You know, I bet you couldn't even score twenty in a in a men's rec league or something like that. And I'd said, if the biggest thing that Tyler Hero has going for him is that he's better than a rec league player, <laughs> he's, he's in trouble. So. Yeah, mind you, I could easily drop twenty in a men's league. You know, I'm glad you had to hit him with that one too. Yeah, well, I said I averaged twenty when I was twenty years old. That's what I was doing. I was like, yeah. but I'm not saying I'm as good as Tyler Hero. He's way better than me. Yeah, but, of course. Is that where really we're at? We can't criticize <laughs> professional athletes unless we're better than them? Like, yeah, I know. That's ridiculous. I mean, I hate when people say that. Like, bro, you could never do that shit. It's like, yeah, no fucking duh, but either can he, clearly. So <laughs> uh, he can't average 20 either, but he's trying to do it. I'm not. So what the yeah. fuck? Yeah, yeah ridiculous. Um, Major League Baseball playoffs. What do you think? Braves and the Marlins, right? <sighs> Kicking things off here, I've got obviously the Braves. Uh, they beat Cincinnati 2-0. Uh, Marlins beat uh, the Cubs 2-0, who managed to put together one run in two games. Um, 
looking at the the what the what Marlins did though, the Marlins used four pitchers in game one and five pitchers in game two, and nobody really put any miles on. So I feel like their pitching staff, because Freed pitched seven innings, um, and so like game two we had a five innings from their starter. But I just feel like, you know, the the Marlins are going in with a more refreshed pitching staff against the Braves. I mean, that's kind of what Miami's done, you know throughout the season a little was kind of had a platoon with it and you know the Braves have actual studs that they can throw go out there and throw so I mean I think that's the real difference uh you know Sixto Sanchez's ERA is like 12 so you know when you're when you get two good innings out of them you bless your lord and you get them out of there you know what I'm saying so you know meanwhile Max Fried is is playing incredible baseball and Ian Anderson you know, the rookie pitched incredible, you know, his in his start. So I think the Braves, you know, obviously are the favorite. They've got a lineup that's going to be really tough for Miami to contain. But Miami's playing great baseball, and they're hot. And I think it's going to be a good series. I think the issue is now it's, it's seven and not five, and so Miami's not going to be able to hold on for that long. Well, I think we would be remiss if we didn't point out the fact that Miami's never lost a playoff series in their history. Really? Yeah. That's a sick stat. Yeah, they're undefeated in the playoffs. That's awesome. <laughs> it's a two World Series. Nice. Yeah, I mean, that's wild. I didn't know that. want to yeah, give a I big kinda... shout-out to the Watch Party, guys. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Thank you very much, Watch Party. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next game we have on the docket here, we've got the Dodgers and the San Diego Padres. Uh, again, both these teams uh, – no, actually, the Padres went 2-1, so that one went all three games. And then the Dodgers, of course, 2-0. Um, Clayton Kershaw, 13 strikeouts, most strikeouts by a Dodgers pitcher in the playoffs since Sandy Koufax. So remember everyone was talking about you know, Kershaw doesn't have it in the playoffs. He's a playoff dud. I know it's only one game, but I would really love to see Kershaw have a really good playoff. I mean, I would too. I love Clayton Kershaw. I'm a huge, 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 huge fan um, I have him very high on my on my all time list, if I'm being fair. Uh, so I would love to see him get this behind him and do well. At the same time, I really want to see San Diego win, um, just because I'm afraid. As a Rays fan, I don't want to face LA. I'm much more afraid of them than I am of San Diego. Although San Diego's offense, we got eleven nine four zero seven four. They were scoring runs. Tatis ended up with six RBIs in the series. So. Oh yeah, they're. I mean, they're. Equally, their pitching staff I'm a lot less afraid of is, is really the only reason. Um, but, yeah, that lineup is, is incredibly, incredibly dangerous. Um, your favorite series, of course, is uh, you know the Houston Astros and the Oakland A's. We got, uh, <laughs> I know we're all rooting for the Astros to pull this one out. Uh, they did win uh, 2-0 against the Twins, uh, 4-1, 3-1. Uh, and then, of course, the, uh, the A's beat the White Sox, 2-1, 5-3. Oh, yeah, 5-3, yeah, 6-4. I don't know. I, I still th- I think the Astros are the better team. I, I really do. I think that that's the team that's going to win the series. I mean, they're up 9-5 right now in the bottom of the eighth. Um, it looks like they're going to take game one. It honestly looks like they're going to take this series. Um, I agree. I think they're the better team, unfortunately. You know, all their players were not performing very well. You know, I sent you a stat earlier in the year that, like, showed their batting averages at the time, and they were all, like, atrocious. But the playoffs is a different beast. You know, you can get hot in a certain amount of time and and then it doesn't matter if you hit 214 for the year if you hit 320 in the playoffs you know what i mean well that's how uh, kung fu panda got paid exactly um and then of course we've got the tampa bay rays and the new york yankees this one should be a 
really good series. I would think the Yankees obviously pummeled Cleveland. They scored 22 runs in the two games that they beat them. Uh, the Rays also 11-3. to They outscored in their two games. So the Rays pitching staff seems to be looking pretty good, much better than the Yankees. I know you pointed out Garrett Cole had a great game. And then, of course, they gave up, uh, was it, nine runs in the 10-9 win. So they didn't look so good there. The Rays, I think, might have the better pitching staff, but I just feel like that Yankees lineup is just so so much power in that lineup. I mean, they do have a ton of power, but I mean, I really don't think this is going to be a close series at all, if I'm being honest. Um, I think we touch up Garrett Cole, too, when we face him tonight. Um, I think we're going to take this game one. And if we take game one, I think it'll be kind of smooth sailing. I think we'll finish it in five, if I'm being honest. All right. So that should be so set up a uh, raise Astros. I know you're really going to be psyched for that one. I will. Oh. If we lose to the Astros, I'm going to flip tables. <laughs> right. So that leads us to the NFL. It is time to talk NFL football. But before I bring up the first uh, little graphic here, obviously we got to talk about how we did in our, in our bets. Not our bet. We didn't bet against each other. We, but, yeah. I honestly um, cannot remember at all. I, I need to start writing my shit down. Well, I did not do well. I went four, eight, and one against oh, the spread. Oh, that means I did great because I bet I picked against you a lot. You went seven, five, and one uh, against Man, the spread. Man, that's back to back winning weeks. Let's go. Yeah. Um, over under, uh, I went seven and six. Uh, you went eleven and two. Let's go. <laughs> eleven and two over and under. So, if you were betting with Sully over under this past week, you made some serious bank. You made some dough. Let's ride it. And so the first game we have is the Thursday night game, which we talked about, which was the Broncos 37-20 over the Jets. I'm not going to lie. That's a really high-scoring game. Like, I thought that was going to be a much lower-scoring game with the, how crappy those two offenses are. But they just piled up the the points. Uh, obviously, Brett Rippon got the start. He goes 19 of 31, 242 yards. But really, it was uh, you know uh, Gordon, Melvin Gordon, right? 23 carries, 107 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, I really liked the signing when they signed Gordon and they got him for a bargain, like 4 million or 5 million one year deal or something like that. And there was talk like, Oh, he's going to split with Lindsay. I know Lindsay got hurt, but I feel like that was never going to be the plan. Like he is the full time starting running back there. Well, when they say split, I mean, let's say like Lindsay was still going to get 10 to 12 to 15 touches a game. I think I'd say 10 to 15 touches a game. And, you know, that's essentially splitting. I think that Melvin would have gotten his 20 to 25 still every game. I think he was definitely their, their main back, their workhorse who they wanted. And now this just gives him the ability to, to do more. I mean, he had a big, I think it was a 43 yarder with like, you know, two minutes left. But I mean, he's running the ball well and the Jets are just a dumpster fire. Well, Sam Darnold, uh, you know, 23 of 42, so 19 incompletes. And uh, and let's see. So he, uh, but he had no turnovers, right? So, right he didn't uh, throw an interception, uh, but he also didn't throw a touchdown. He did run for a touchdown. Um, nice one. So, did you see it? I didn't see the touchdown run, no. It's like a 46-yarder. He was like, brah, he was cooking. It was nice. Uh, and we've talked about this. Like, I like Darnold. I really do like his talent. I feel like he's being wasted there. With the Jets. And we just talked about what do you do with the number one pick? And obviously you could take Trevor Lawrence here. And I talked to you about this off the air. I said, I wouldn't take Trevor Lawrence again. I know he's better than Darnold. I, I, I'm going to say that. But you're just taking a quarterback and putting him into the same crappy position and he's not going to succeed. Like you need to build that team before you can start with a, a quarterback. The quarterback's not going to do anything for you. See, I, don't, I, I understand that side of it, but also at the same time, a quarterback, because you got to think, too, it's a new coach also. Adam Gase is out. Adam Gase is gone. He's not going to be there. So it's a new quarterback or it's a new coach also. It's probably going to be a whole new regime, a new offense, all kinds of these things. 
And and the the example I liken it to is Josh Rosen and Kyler Murray. Josh Rosen was in there, you know, the year before as a first round pick. The very next year, Kyler Murray's there at number one and and is a franchise changing player. And you take him and then you figure out what to do with Josh Rosen. Who gives a, a crap at that point? Because Kyler Murray can effectively change your franchise. And and Trevor Lawrence can do that, in my opinion. All right. Well, I mean, look at the, the one stat I did like from the Jets is uh, Pierre Desir gets uh, seven tackles, two interceptions. Um, I am a huge Pierre Desir fan. I know a lot of people probably don't even know who he is, but uh, I used to take him in Madden every year. He, I would trade for him <laughs> because he had like a 93 speed. He's fast and he's like 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, so he's one of those really long cornerbacks. And I just favor those types of like the Sherman type corners. Yeah, buddy. Um. Next game we have here is the Bucks, not Bucks, uh, the Colts and the uh, the Bears. The Bears, who used to be undefeated and are no more, nineteen to eleven. So much for uh, Nick Foles carrying this team to uh, glory in the the promised land. It is going to be uh, a long season for that Bears team. I think that much to Brandon Chagrin, I think we will see Trubisky replace Foles at some point, and it may even go back again the other way because they're just so bad. Uh, I agree 100%. You know, there was a meme that was like, you know, Nick Foles, and it was like this super pretty girl, and then when he's off the bench, and then Nick Foles when he's a starter, and it's like an ugly-ass broad in a wig. (laughs) You know, know, it's it's, for some reason he just looked, you know, much worse. But, again, you know, I I said this at the beginning of the year. These are the games the Colts are going to win, 19-11, 20-13 games that – are just sloppy wins that nobody talks a lot about, but they pick up a lot of them up. So, I mean, I think the Colts are a solid ball club, but still, yeah, the, the Bears are not good. Well, looking at the total yards between the teams, 289 to 269. Talk about a boring game. Uh-huh. There's just no offense. That had um, to have been a terrible watch. I bet Bill Belichick loved it because he gets to see the punter a lot. He's like, oh, the punter's <laughs> coming back out. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> Um, I did have a note here because we talked about uh, Darius Leonard being just a tackle machine. I mean, the guy gets nothing but tackles. He had one tackle in the game. What? Um, one tackle. Yeah. That can't be. He had to have gotten hurt. Something. No, no. Something. I don't know. But I know no. uh, Ro- Roquan Smith had 11 tackles. Um, he's he's a guy. I really like him. He's really good. Uh, next game we got here, we have the Saints and the Lions. 35-29, another high-scoring game. The Saints improved to 2-2, two and two, I think still below their expectations where they'd like to be at this point. Uh, Drew Brees really doesn't look great. I mean, you know, 246 yards, two touchdowns, an interception. Kamara looks unbelievable again. Uh, he's just ridiculous. Um, and then it's we have, one. you know, Stafford. I mean, Stafford threw three touchdowns and had an interception. So, I mean, he only had 200 yards passing, but I don't know. I, I like Stafford and just – one of those situations where it seems like no matter how good he plays, he's going to lose. Yeah, he's, he is a little snake bitten, I think, unfortunately. You know, it just seems like they can never put it together and get it right. Um, you know, and then on the other side of the coin, you know, Drew Brees just looked bad. You know, he still looks bad without Michael Thomas. I think once he comes back, that offense in general will look different. But, I mean, to be to be fair and, and give them a lot of credit, they were down 14 nothing early and came back to win this game. So, you know, I, I think the Lions are just worse than we thought they were going to be. You know, Matt Patricia is, you know, not a good coach. And, again, I think we fully expect him to be out as well. So, they, yeah, they are uh, one in three so far for the year. So we'll see where they end up drafting. That's a team, I think, that if I'm the Lions, 
I would love to get one of those top two picks, Lawrence or Fields, um, would be a great fit there because I think that they do have pieces kind of around them, young pieces like you know, young running back, receivers. I like Kenny Galladay. I really do. Um, I love Kenny Galladay. Love, love, love Kenny Galladay. But it's just it's Detroit, so it seems like maybe nothing's ever going to happen there. <laughs> and TJ Hawkinson is a real stud to a tight end. So, um, Next game we got is, of course, we – oops, hit the wrong button. There we go. Uh, the Panthers, 31-21 over the Cardinals. This one surprised me. It's Shock. two bad games in a row for Kyler Murray, who only had 133 yards passing. Um, I mean, he completed 24 passes, 24 of 31. He only had seven incompletes. And, uh, you know, uh, seven catches for DeAndre Hopkins for 41 yards. So it just seems like a lot of short passes. Uh, he had three touchdowns. I mean, so it's crazy, 133 yards. Only, I mean, 24 of 31, only three touch or three touchdowns, but only 133 yards passing. Uh, six carries for 78 yards. Uh, just a bad game for him. Teddy Bridgewater looked pretty good. Uh, two touchdowns, one incomplete. Uh, six carries for 32 yards and a touchdown. Uh, but, yeah, overall, I mean, looking at this game, uh, I don't understand the whole Kyler Murray stat line. I don't understand the 133. Uh, he was under pressure a lot. You know, the, the offensive line is not playing well there in Arizona. Um, so they're getting a lot of quick balls out and doing a lot of, you know, it was a lot of three and outs on quick throws and it just wasn't working. And then Kenyon Drake got hurt also. So, you know, that doesn't help, you know, at all. So that, that team's just going to be hurting for a little while. I think I, another team that I think we were just a year ahead on, I, I don't think they're, they're quite that, that as good as we predicted them to be. And I think they will be better next year. See, I'm not a big Kenyon Drake fan either. Like he's kind of like my doc rivers. I mean, it's, He's all right. I mean, I think he was a second-round pick, and I think that that was for a reason. I mean, he's he is a decent kind of receiving back, but almost like a James White, right? Like he's a great receiving back, great receiving back, but you don't want him as your full-time back, you know? And I think that how good would this Cardinals team be if they could pick up like a Travis Etienne? Oh, yeah, they, they'd be – I mean, any time you can pick up a Travis Etienne on any team, you're, you're really stoked. That'd be fantastic grab. Uh, I mean, how great would Clyde Edwards-Alaire be on this team? You know what I mean? He'd fit right in. You know, he'd be perfect. So, yeah. Um, no other real notes. It's funny. We're kind of breezing through the football. We have a lot of time to uh, <laughs> just chat at the end of the show here. Uh, the Bengals win 33-25. Way to go, Joe Burrow, who gets his first career win. He throws for 300 yards. It's the third week in a row he's done that. Uh, the Jaguars fall to 1-3. and three. And We thought first they looked really good. Right. The three consecutive 300-yard games? I don't I'm know. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I saw the smoking a cigar meme where he was doing that. Uh, I know that the Jaguars obviously came out 1-0, and then even the second – when they lost that second week, it was like, oh, they still look good, though. And then it's like, ugh, they look really horrible. I mean, although, again, Gardner Minshew, 351 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Not horrible, you know? Yeah, I mean, if you're playing fantasy, when Gardner Minshew – when DJ Shark is playing, Gardner Minshew's a, a, a quality start. Um, you know, Joe Mixon blew up this game and just absolutely dominated. Um, I think he had damn near 190 total yards and, you know, three touchdowns or some shit. He he played fantastic. Um, and then Joe Burrow, you know, I think he's just coming into his own. I think he's figuring out this offense, figuring out NFL defenses. He had some throws that were so incredibly accurate. It's just insane to watch him play. Him and Tyler Boyd look like they're developing a really good connection. I love the Bengals and their future. See, the other stat I wrote down is that your buddy um, T. Higgins had another good game. Four catches, 77 yards. He um, did? 
He did. He had a solid game. You know, I, he's not really separating. If you watch the plays, he's making good contested catches, and and he's ha- he's got a lot of yak, so that's that's helping him a lot. Well, to me, and I don't know if we talked about this in our draft show, I like T. Higgins. Um, I don't think he's a burner. He's not Randy Moss. Right? He's not going to take the top off. But he, he reminds me more of like a Larry Fitzgerald, right? He's got good hands. He's big. So he gets kind of like that position where he gets the ball. I mean, I don't know. I just I like those types of receivers. you got to have some of those guys. Yeah, I mean, but he's like 6'5", like 136 pounds. Like I, he's just – he needs to swole up. How about uh, a guy who I picked up a couple weeks ago on my fantasy team, LaVisca Chenault, ended up with five receptions, 86 yards. He's been running the ball a lot, like five, six carries a game. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of the role he was going to get just because you want to give this guy touches in any way you can. He's explosive. He's powerful. He can get the job done. I I love LaVisca. Uh, You know, he he had a lot of injury concerns coming in, and he had that abdominal tear that prevented him from competing at the the combine. So I think that dropped him a little. But, man, he's a a rare talent, that's for sure. Now, this uh, was a fun Real game. Quick, you know, Jesse likes to call us out on everything. So let's make sure we call him out on his Jacksonville Jaguars being a great team. So. Well, so he, yeah, he, he had said uh, something about how he had picked, um, was it, I don't know if he messaged me or if he tagged me in something yeah. about how he had picked the, uh, what was it, the Texans. He said, oh, the Texans, no, the were, Texans gonna were going to be bad and, and Carson Wentz was going to be bad. And you and Daniel Sullivan laughed at me. And it's like, well, sweet. You also said the Jags were going to be good. <laughs> All right. Yes. Right back in your face. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, um, we make we make thirty two predictions. We're not going to be right on all of them. <laughs> um. So uh, forty nine to thirty eight, the Browns and the Cowboys. I was watching this game, and the Browns were up by a lot, and it's just the Cowboys would score, get the ball back, score. And I was like, man, is they just going to be the, the the cardiac kids all year, just going to keep coming back and winning these games from behind? Um, Dak Prescott, you know, 502 yards, uh, first quarterback in history with three consecutive 450 yard plus passing games, which I will say this. So, uh, soup boss, and he also had like, five touchdowns and an interception. Um, soup boss had commented something to the effect of, he's like, yeah, against a prevent defense. And I messaged you in the first quarter, he had 160 yards and two touchdowns in the first quarter. So it wasn't against a prevent defense. No, I, I don't like that stat. You know, yes, they're behind, but that doesn't mean people are playing prevent defenses. Nobody does that anymore. Uh, he's making and, – and they don't really dink and dunk the ball either. They they huck that tater around the football field. So, I, I mean, I don't agree with that comment at all. But I, I do think that there's something to, like, not giving him this money. I mean, how can you not win these games? It just baffles me. I understand he's not playing defense. So you give up 49 points. Yeah, but still, it's like, then score 50. It's the Browns, <laughs> bro. Like, score 50. Like, I, I don't, like, truthfully, like, I, I don't understand it. Max, because Chubb got hurt. Yeah, Chubb got hurt. And, um, but Kareem Hunt is a very, very good, good, probably well, he was out too. in the league. Nah, Kareem Hunt balled. I have Kareem. No, it was it was the Ernest Johnson had thirteen. Yeah, they were they were doing. He got nine carries, but Kareem Hunt had you know just as he had how many carries for eighty yards and two touchdowns as well. To Ernest just ended up being the leading back, but you know they were they were using multiple, but Kareem Hunt was still the the backup and and got two touchdowns and and played incredibly well also in the running game just worked. Uh, but it Dallas's defense is atrocious. It's very oh. very bad. 
Well, and and that's my thing. That's why I say you should pay Dak, or you know he's going to get paid somewhere. Because listen, when you play against a Browns team, and Odell Beckham gets a rushing touchdown, and Jarvis Landry throws a touchdown, <laughs> you know, against your defense, it's kind of like, hey, what? I just threw four touchdowns. Like I threw for five hundred yards, and I scored thirty-eight points, and we still lost. So I think if you put him on a team, like can you imagine him with like New England's defense. I mean, dude, it'd be sick. Yeah, but he wouldn't be throwing for 500 yards. But yes, I mean, again, I think it's a little bit of both. You know, he's he's making these plays, but he's not making them in certain situations, and and you know, he's he still is having turnovers and things like that. So, I, I mean, I can't blame it on him. Obviously, the defense is the issue. You're not you're not going to win a ton of games. You give up 49 points. I will 100% agree with that. But I mean, if you want to get paid as the number one quarterback in the NFL, you've got to win. You've got to beat Browns regardless. Like nobody was saying Patrick Mahomes had a good defense, and he was still putting up fifty points and beating guys. So uh, that's just kind of my take on it. I, I agree, he's a great player and is going to get paid. But if you're talking, you want forty-five million a year, you got to beat the Browns. Yeah, I, I guess. I, I again, I think. You, like you said, we, we can say it back and forth as much as we want. He can't play defense, and all you can do is try to score, outscore the other team as best you can. And when you throw for four touchdowns, like if he had two touchdowns and one interception, I'd say, all right, yeah, he didn't really did do his job, but he threw for four touchdowns. Yeah, yes, he did. He also threw for an interception that, you know, if he doesn't throw, does it change the the – the work of the game and things like I, again I'm, I'm very nitpicking but you need to nitpick when you're asking for number one quarterback money like pay him as a top 10 player I'm fine with it. pay him as a top five guy I'm fine with that but when you're asking for number one quarterback money I'm gonna nitpick and say well you didn't beat the Browns <laughs> I, don't I don't care think- if we gave up 49 you didn't beat them like what and you want 50 million a year it's it's a weird dynamic because I don't yeah. really count wins and losses a whole lot in the NFL because of how many factors there are to it. I mean, Barry Sanders never won a Super Bowl, but you know how many running backs are better than him. I think it, quarterbacks it, are judged a different, a little differently. Yeah. I, I think, you know, with when in regards to wins, I agree, but I, I, I try not to factor that in. Also, I think quarterbacks are judged a little differently. Um, the Vikings 31-23. Here's that Texans game we were talking about. Just. Uh, Beat the Texans in pretty much uh, every aspect going through here. Uh, Deshaun Watson didn't throw any interceptions, uh, two touchdowns, 300 yards passing, um, but just wasn't enough because Kirk Cousins uh, also had a touchdown. Well, Kirk Cousins didn't have a really great game. You know what it was? It was uh, Cook. Cook killed Calvin him. Calvin Cook, yeah. yeah. 27 carries, 130 yards, two touchdowns. Couldn't stop the run. Shocker. Houston, you know, defense. You know, it's the key to the key to life, folks. Play good defense. Um you know, it's a shame because Deshaun Watson's being a little wasted. You know, Brandon Cooks is a no-show for them. Um, you know, David Johnson isn't playing well. Shocker. Um, but, you know, Justin Jefferson, you know, is playing incredibly well for Minnesota. Uh, had back-to-back really good weeks now. Uh, Dalvin Cook has found his stride. You know, hopefully he can stay healthy this whole year and, and, and actually compete. You know, that'd be nice. Uh, and I'd, I'd honestly love to see Minnesota do a little decent and then – lose Kirk Cousins and actually get a decent quarterback in there. Well, let me put this one to you. So the Texans are 0-4. Uh, Deshaun Watson got hugely paid in the offseason. Why is he better than Dak Prescott? Um, when statistically, a, he does nothing better. Um, I, he does. He's, he's, he's Statistically, he's won more. 
Um, and he's actually led his team to a division title and to the playoffs, whereas Dak has not and things like that. Um, this year, I, I don't have much of an argument, but he was paid based off already doing it more so than based off the potential of doing it. Well, so you're saying that you would rather pay $40 million to a guy who throws for 219 yards but has the game-winning drive than a guy who throws for 500 yards and four touchdowns but his defense allows 49 points. Yes, because the key word in there was game-winning drive. Yeah, I don't know. I'd rather have the more talented player. I'd say, boy, we're going to win a lot of games by blowouts because I got but this guy. But you're not because you just lost the game because you gave up 49. I, I mean, in the scenario you gave me, your quarterback lost. You're in the in your own scenario. Right. You set up a losing situation. Um, but but no, I, I mean, yes, essentially, I think I think Deshaun Watson's more of a winner than than. Um, Dak Prescott. Um, if if Deshaun Watson's in Dak Prescott's situation, I know we hate this if game. They don't lose these games to the Browns, one hundred percent. Now he's not throwing for five hundred yards, but they don't lose these games. Yeah, see, I don't know. I, I don't see him as the winner, quote unquote winner. I just uh, he's won every, so I don't I, I don't know how you don't. Yeah, because he just watching him play and watching Dak play, and, and I've watched them both play a couple of times. I mean. I, I understand the outcome of the game and the final score is what we're saying. Mm-hmm. But if I'm taking that away, all right, just for the time being, just for the time being, I'm but taking that's that away. Like, that's the point of the game. So I understand that winning the game is the point of the game. I'm just saying, if I take that one thing and let's look at the rest, right? Okay. The rest of it's in the box. Yes. The eye test, Dak Prescott passes the eye test over Deshaun Watson. I and I think he's faster. He is just, so. yeah, he's just. I think he's got a better arm. I think I he's more accurate, and statistically would prove that because he has a higher completion percentage. Um, he throws a better deep ball, which is statistically proven because he, he averages more yards per attempt than Deshaun Watson does. But it's I understand what you're saying that the Cowboys have a deep. What's that? For career or just this season? And also, that's totally scheme based. Like it's it's completion right. percentage for balls on base, and and that's fine and and everything. You take all of that. All right. And you put it into a box, and that box is this big. And then you take winning, and you put it into a box, and that box is this fucking big. I'm sorry for my language. I apologize. And that box is this big because that's what matters. And then, yes, these things are nice, but they don't win football games. This one does. And I understand the whole winner thing. I do understand that. But I don't see Tom Brady when I see Deshaun Watson. And I'm not saying I see him and Dak Prescott either. But I'm just saying that between the two of them, I would rather have Dak Prescott. That's just me. I, I get you. I, th- I mean, you know, if he doesn't throw for 450 straight yards this year, we're not having this conversation. I think you're kind of a prisoner of the moment right now. But he had a great um, year last, last year. He had more passing yards than anybody, didn't he? Was he, like, number one? Yes, but again, like, but he didn't win a ton. But – Huge thing. So it's not a prison at the moment. He averages a lot of. It is yards. like now I got to bring this up because now you yeah. didn't, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't tell me we we're getting a Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott argument. I didn't know we were getting into this because I'm a, I'm a huge Deshaun Watson guy. I'll back Obviously. him till the day I die. I think he's, I think he's incredible. Um, so yeah, there's no way. There's no way he completes the ball more than a 67% clip or a 68% clip last year. I got to see this. I, I wish you would have told us we were going to do this. All right, yeah, because it's definitely a lot of dead air here. 
because <laughs> you're killing me now at this point. Well, I wasn't planning on doing it until you poo-pooed all over Dak in our last segment, and then I was like, all right, now I'm going to bring up your guy. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. You're talking about one year. All right, so yes, this year Dak Prescott completes more balls. Every other year of his career, Deshaun Watson completes more balls. Uh, yes, this year Dak Prescott has more touchdowns. Every other year but last year, Deshaun Watson has scored more touchdowns uh, and thrown less interceptions. I, I mean, I just – uh, Dak Prescott is is playing great football, and I won't take that away from him. I just think Deshaun Watson is is a far superior player. There's a reason why one was the number one over our a first round pick, and the other one was a fourth round pick. Let me just say Listen, that. I'm gonna just say this: Dak Prescott, Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero is your guy there. Deshaun Watson. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> You're nuts. <laughs> You're nuts. Um, all right, so let's, let's just get off of that one. We're going to actually get into an undebatable good quarterback here with Russell Wilson, who's having a phenomenal year going up against the Dolphins. And, you know, 31 to 23, we knew they were going to win. Um, I thought the Dolphins scored more than I thought they would. Uh, I really thought that was going to be a blowout game. But, of course, we talked about before the game that the Swiss cheese defense of the Seattle Seahawks. And maybe, see, now here's a case where you can make your point. Like, hey, their defense is crap. They're giving up a ton of points, but yet Russell Wilson's still finding a way to win those games, right? Oh, actually, it froze up for a second. So I'll give you. I will let you uh, reply to that when you when you get back in here, because I feel like again that's making your point for you because you talked about how you know yes the Cowboys gave up a ton of points, but you know in this case like I said so does Seattle, and yet Russell Wilson still finds a way to win. Exactly, and Seattle and Russell Wilson is a top five paid quarterback, and you know one of the the best in the league, if not the best, and and therefore deserves it. And and exactly, I'm, that's great. You know, I'm glad you segue this right into it. Um, but you know, it's it's truly the difference because they didn't look great. They were down early. They had to come back and they had to win this football game. And you know, that, uh, I mean, uh, Russell Wilson is just so incredibly talented. God, he's so good. He, I've come around. I was not a Russell Wilson fan. I want to say going back about three years ago. Three years ago, everyone was making a big deal about Russell Wilson, and I didn't see it. Um, and then over the past couple of years, every game I watch him play, I'm like, God damn, there's like nothing he can't do. Like he's so good. He's so good. It's 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 insane. And he's it, it he defies it because he's five eleven. He shouldn't be able to get these balls through these passing lanes. You, you know, people don't understand. You're standing behind guys that are naturally six four. Then they put helmets and cleats on, so they're probably six 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 seven. Everybody's got their hands up, trying to make themselves as big as possible. And he's throwing dimes. I mean, the way he's able to drop the ball in the way he does is just brilliant to watch. Uh, he's got a lot of great weapons. T- uh, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf are, are incredibly fun to to watch. Chris Carson's a great running back. And again, they've got a, a shell of, of a terrible defense, and he somehow manages to win ball games. Well, and, and talking about DK Metcalf, because I know this is a guy that you did, didn't like in the draft. Um, he's a big, fast kind of a workout warrior. He looked good in you know a t-shirt and shorts, right? Um, not a very strong route runner. I still think he's not a very strong route runner. But when you're that big and fast, I guess you don't really have to be. If people just still continually let people let him run by them. And, and that's really what he's doing. That's, score, that's how he's making all these big plays. He just runs right by people. And then once he stacks you, you're never getting around him. He's a monster. I mean, and then after the catch, he's incredible because he's T.O. I mean, he's just a huge human being. And, you know, he's, he's very fast and very strong. I agree. He's not very polished. 
you know, uh, you know, we talk about how he dogged Stefan Gilmore. Well, he really didn't. You know, he had zero separation, and that's my argument against him is he doesn't get a ton of separation. He just makes great contested catches. So, well, you know who I felt even at his absolute prime was never a great route runner is the guy that you have as the number one receiver of all time and Randy Moss. Agreed. I mean, you can just take the top off the defense, just throw it deep, and he'll go up and get it. Agreed. The one thing I think he did develop was a really good comeback later on, you know, because he knew people were respecting his speed so much that they'd play so far off that I think he developed a really good comeback. So, yeah. um, This game here is one that you have an interest in. The Bucks win 38-31 over the Chargers, a little bit of a barn burner there. But old man Brady, five touchdowns to an interception, uh, 369 yards, 30 of 46. So, again, here's a situation. Again, another great one for your argument, right, which is where he basically has a Dak Prescott-type game, almost 400 yards passing, five touchdowns. His team gives up 31 points. But here's a guy who I would 100% agree, Tom Brady's a winner. Like, this is a guy who's not going to lose. Exactly. And, again, you, you know, I'm, I'm glad you're making my argument for me. I love it. Uh, but yeah, true. I mean, this one was a worrisome game. Uh, we were down early. We, you know, Tom threw a pick six, which, you know, for some reason is just what happens in Tampa. We just have a sickness down here where you throw pick sixes. Uh, but we were able to battle back and and win this game. Justin Herbert, bro, you keep playing like this. You're going to make me like buy a Justin Herbert jersey and eat some words here, man, because I was your biggest hater and, and you're playing incredibly well. You're playing some great football. Um, Two of your your passes were, I mean, guys were bearing down. Vitavea was in your cottage cheese when he when you threw that first one, bro. He was in your stuff, and you placed a dime in there, and it was a touchdown. So, I, I mean, I'm very impressed. Now, I can't root for um, Justin Herbert only because of his face. And I don't know if you've seen the, uh, the TV show Stranger Things. Yeah. Uh, he looks like Steve. Oh, 100%. But with a lot more pimples. Yep. Like, so I see his face. I'm like, ugh, it's such a punchable face. I can't stand it. <laughs> he looks like a Disney Channel star to me. It's wild, dude. He's just – I mean, I can't root for him anyway because I don't like him. But, you know, Austin Eckler's out too now, so the Chargers are going to be in for it. He just hit the IR. Um, you know, I think they're going to be in a rough spot here. Now, um, I thought the interesting stat in this game, so their wide receivers had three touchdowns. So Herbert threw for three touchdowns. And each one of those touchdown passes was to a guy who that was his only catch of the game. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's kind of how it went. It was just like one guy got loose, you know, broke our defense. Both of them are two of the ones that, that I saw um, were on, like, essentially all out blitzes where the guy got over the top and we just didn't get there. Um, and, and Herbert dropped back, dropped back, dropped back, and then threw one off his back foot that was just, I mean, just a dime. So it is what it is. Yeah, I like his skill set. He's another these guys, six five, six six, big arm, and he's mobile. He ran like a four six nine at the the combine. Yeah. He can run. Um, he doesn't seem to run a whole lot though, right? He just although he he led the team in carries with five. So uh, yeah, I mean, he they're not trying to use him a whole lot to run, obviously. Um, but yeah, I mean, he has the ability to. He can definitely get out there and scramble. Uh, let's see. We get uh, from the Buccaneers and the Chargers. We go to. The Washington football team losing 31-17 to the Ravens. Again, another foregone conclusion. Um, Ravens improve, improve to 3-1. and one. Redskins, oh, Washington football team goes to 1-3. and three. Um, Yeah, again, Lamar Jackson had a Lamar Jackson game. A little less than 200 yards passing, but he also ran for a touchdown. Um, 
one that killed me. I mean, killed me personally. Marquise Brown, who was one of my top wide receiver picks for the oh, season, yeah. had four catches for 86 yards, but it was Andrews who caught both the touchdowns. Yeah, Marquise Brown got tackled with the one. Uh, it was it was rough to watch if you were a Marquise Brown fan. Uh, Antonio Gibson had a really good day if you're a Washington fan, though. And uh, honestly, you know, with with no Chase Young, no Matt Iadonis, you know, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a rough little stretch for them. Um, you know, I don't think they actually played terribly well, all things considered. So I think they've got a lot to kind of just build on and look forward to. So. I'm starting to lose faith in Dwayne Haskins. Uh, this is a guy who I really liked coming out of college. 50 touchdown passes is uh, coming out. Um, had a rough year last year, but I said, hey, rookie year. You know, chalk up to just rookie learning the offense and whatnot. And then this year, I mean, even this game, I mean, he threw for 300 yards. He didn't throw an interception, but he also didn't throw a touchdown. So when I think of Dwayne Haskins being a top five pick, if you're a top five pick, you can't be a game manager. You just can't. And I think that that's what he's kind of turned into is like a game manager. Although it's a really bad team, to be honest. Yeah, I don't believe in Dwayne Haskins. I never have. Um, I, I'm not a fan of him. Um, if let's, if you know, again, now I'm very biased in this situation. If I have Patrick Mahomes, I'm, no, I'm not. I'm not. But like you know, there, there's pretty much nobody other than you know the top five guys that I'm not taking Trevor Lawrence at that point. So, but if they get a top one or two pick, you know, I think they take the move and, and move on from Dwayne Haskins. For sure. In every one of these quarterbacks, we're talking about moving on, whether it's Darnold or Haskins uh, or any of these top picks who have a couple of years in the system and just haven't quite lived up to the potential. I salivate over going to New England. No, oh, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> I think of just giving Josh McDaniels anybody with talent, and he's yeah. just going to, it's going to be like a light shining on him. Um, this game here, we got the Rams and the Giants. What a crap game. 17-9. I mean, we knew – I think we both picked the under for this one because we said – you know, we thought it was going to be like 40 to nothing, but even then it wouldn't cover the spread. Yeah. Uh, but the Rams just did not look good. 17 points against that Giants team. And, I mean, just looking over the stats here – actually, it's on my next page. The Rams uh, – yeah, Goff had 200 yards passing – 25 of 32. So again, 32 pass attempts, 25 completions, only 200 yards. You averaged four yards per completion. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a boring ass game. Basically, your completions were just run plays. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of their system. McVeigh kind of tries to get things like that and then tries to do shots over the top, but apparently that just didn't happen today uh, or, or, you know, during that game. This is one game I couldn't even have tried to watch if I wanted to. I know Aaron Donald was bullying kids again out there. That's just what he does. The, my man's a, a monster. Uh, the highlight of the game was after when Jalen Ramsey and Golden Tate fought. Um, that was the best part, and then it started a whole brawl. So that was by far the best part of the game. Which will lead me to because it just popped into my head a little segue into best defensive back wide receiver brawls of all time. Um, I obviously think uh, you know Andre Risen, Deion Sanders is a fantastic one. The Andre uh, Johnson. Um, Cortland Finnegan. Finnegan was a yeah. was a great one. Yeah, I think he like ripped his helmet off and he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah that one was fantastic. Yeah, uh, that was a good one. Um, I think of uh, Akib Talib uh, grabbing the necklace off of Michael Crabtree. Yeah, ripping uh, Michael Crabtree's gold chain off. God, that's so. God, what a bitch move. <laughs> but yeah, I yeah. guess J- Jalen Ramsey and Golden Tate fought because Jalen Ramsey's uh, was uh, hooking up, not hooking up. It was his baby mama is Golden Tate's sister. 
Um, uh, okay. and, and they have two children together and then they have ended the relationship and I guess Golden Tate is not happy with that and since they weren't married you know what I mean he's not like giving his sister I guess any money I don't know what the issue is but so I guess they were John and then so they ended up fighting uh, the game after that, we have uh, the Buffalo Bills improved to 4-0, beating the Raiders 30-23. to And uh, this was one of my horrible picks. I had them. I said, take the Raiders and take the money line. Um, <laughs> the, the Bills just crushed them. Josh Allen, 288 yards, two touchdowns. Um, Stephon Diggs, six receptions, 115 yards. Although, my guy Derek Carr, who I love, again, 32 of 44, 311, two touchdowns, zero picks. So another solid game for Derek Carr that just doesn't come away with a win. Yeah, I mean, Josh Allen is just an, a stud. The guy's playing incredible football. Uh, he's really kind of ascended, I think, into that elite level at this point. Um, and then they just shut down Josh Jacobs, and that, I, I think, effectively is what lost the game for, for the Raiders. Um, you know, they just couldn't run the ball. They couldn't run the ball in situations they needed to. They were stopped on fourth down, uh, you know, Derek Carr played a great game, but you know he is the epitome of a game manager. Unfortunately, I think I think he's just a step above that, a, a step below a great like you know I can't, he, I don't want to call him a game manager because he's throwing for three hundred yards and two touchdowns, but he's also I don't think a guy that's going to win you football games. So uh, I, I'm not really sure, but you know I think it's a great win for Buffalo. They got a murderer's row of a schedule coming up though, so I can't wait to see the Patriots in Buffalo. But we'll see how the Patriots do against Kansas City tonight. Yeah, the Buffalo's uh, got Kansas City, the Patriots twice, Tennessee. I think they played another – like they've got a, a rough schedule coming up. Uh, the last game of the week, uh, they had the uh, Eagles and the 49ers. Another just crap game, uh, 25-20 on this one here. Carson Wentz, 18 of 28, 193 yards, 1-1, one one, rushing touchdown. And he just doesn't look good. I don't think he's had a good game all year. Since he got sacked eight times in week one, he just hasn't looked good. I'm glad you mentioned that. I mean, their offensive line is just rough. It's really bad. It's not playing well. I, I hate to use that as an excuse because he isn't playing well in general. But, I mean, it's tough when you're running for your life. Uh, San Francisco, you know, they were at their third quarterback. Nate Mullins was playing like Nate Mullins. Um, so, C.J. Beathard had to come in and, and almost save the day, honestly. So, it, it was a lot closer than people think. If, if the two-point conversion goes through – and then they're, they're, they're already in field goal range because then it's a tie. So, But, I mean, George Kittle had a game of games, dude. Yeah, 15 for 183 and a touchdown. That scored me 42 points in my fantasy league. <laughs> and, uh, of course, uh, your guy Brandon Ayuk had a 38-yard rushing touchdown. Bruh, did you watch it? No, I didn't. You haven't seen it? I haven't seen it, no. Ah, uh, it's the number one play on Sports Center. He, le- he literally hurdles the dude to score. He jumps, hurdles, and the dude goes right through his legs, and he jumps completely over him and lands perfect and lands on his feet and then scores a touchdown. Nice. It, it's sick, dude. It's so sick. So we, we talked about it a little bit last week, but we got uh, the Packers and the Falcons obviously playing each other uh, tonight. Uh, the Falcons are plus seven. 57 uh, is the over-under. I know we talked about it a little bit, and we said basically if the Packers go down by 10 in the fourth quarter, call your bookie and just start betting money. I bet the Packers immediately because it's about to happen. Uh, but yeah, so we said you know the plus seven. Um, I can't remember my pick. I have to look at, at it. But I think the over under. We said we, we we said over for sure. Said, These two quarterbacks yeah. are just going to throw for a ton of yards. Yeah. Um, but I think the plus seven for the uh, the Falcons. Um, <clears throat> I think I took the seven because they usually lose close games. So that seven, I think, helps you out there. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't remember what I did, but I'll take the Packers here. I think the Packers, I mean, there's no Devontae. Actually, damn, there's no Devontae Adams. Um, I'm taking the Packers. All right, Packers Give minus seven. Yeah. And then, of course, the game we're really excited about, which I think has already started, but we've got the uh, Patriots and the Chiefs, uh, 10 and a half now that Brian Hoyer is the starter, and <laughs> uh, 50 is the over-under. Um, that 10 and a half, I really don't think that I, I would take the Patriots in the 10 and a half because I think Bill Belichick's going to have an extremely run heavy game. They're going to control the clock. They're probably going to lose this game, but it's going to be, you know, 38 minutes time of possession for the Patriots. They're just going to hold that ball as long as possible, kick a lot of field goals. Let's say they score 12 points, all field goals, and maybe they lose, you know, 28, 12. So, well, I guess I would then take the chiefs, take the chiefs, give up the 10 and a half. doesn't cover the spread. Like last <laughs> week, nobody can stop the chiefs offense. <laughs> Wait, they're only going to score 10. Take the, like what? Take the chiefs. Always, always take the chiefs. Always take the points. Take the over. Um, this game might be bad. This game might get bad. It's going to be ugly. Yeah. This one, because again, Stefan Gilmore is not going to be following around Tyree Kill. He's probably going to be following around Sammy Watkins. Um, he just usually doesn't follow around the quick guy. He just doesn't. I don't know. Um, so it should be an interesting, it should be an interesting game. Travis Kelsey is just a tough matchup, you know, because then you can't essentially key on a wide receiver because then you you have to you can't single up travis kelsey so i don't know it's it's a it's a tough offense to defend i, I think the, the big mismatch for the patriots is going to be their linebackers on uh edwards alaire i think that's going to be a big huge well i think kelsey and edwards alaire against the patriots linebackers is, is where the game's going to be won yeah um, all right, so that kind of wraps up our show. We did go a little bit over, but obviously we gave you a full rundown uh, Wednesday, which is in a couple of days from now. We're going to have our This Day in History, which is a, a favorite. Uh, we're going to talk about next uh, week five picks, and we'll see if I can do any better. I've just been dog shit. Don't go with my picks at all. No, because... At this point, just follow me. I'm, I'm crushing right now. <laughs> um, but other than that, yeah, I, I appreciate everyone tuning in. Thank you again for watching. Thank you for listening, uh, downloading. Uh, visit the store, buy some stuff, support the show. Um, and obviously, if you want to throw it to Kenny, I guess. Yeah. Uh, real quick, thank you, everybody. Ellen, Laura, Rick, Coach, I love you. Uh, all you guys, thank you so much for watching. Everybody in the watch party, we appreciate it. Mom, thank you for throwing the watch party. At this point, I'm pretty sure Kenny's kicking down my door. That's you, bro? It's